2: Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 112. Let's roll. We are in the sweet spot of the season, man. If you're rebuilding, you know it. If you're competing, you know it. And if you're middling, I'm so sorry. Yeah, get get it get it get it right, man. Um, it, it it's so much fun. This is the this is the time of year when uh, if if you're competing for a championship, all these I mean Goddard and Cup. Oh my God, lots of lots of stuff going wrong for your team, um, and uh, you got to be prepared for this stuff, you know. And and now's a, a time where you have to be really really honest with yourself. I think a lot of people lie to themselves. Delusion is a hell of a drug. Um, you know, people are just always so uh you know self self delusional it's just really really bad so self scout that team look at your team know if you really have a chance to win or not if you're on the bubble you can pull the cord i've seen it a couple of teams man they just sort of come to jesus and they're like yo this team ain't gonna do it i'm a seller they say it right in the chat um you know don't be bashful say that shit um because it's it's gonna save your it's gonna save your your squad next year um so that that's where you're at right now. You know you got to push. Um, you know, don't be afraid to sell your picks for for real premium assets on other teams. I don't do it for rentals, so you know that that's the kind of the way I look at it. But uh, hey, you know, t- today I'm going without a guest. I don't care. You know, no guests. I'm just gonna bring myself into the into the pod and do it myself. I'm just sitting here in the studio. Michael P. Duncan's in the green room. Maybe I'll bring him in, but uh, that's it. I'm not having anybody in in the studio today. I mean, the door is locked. Is it locked, Michael B. Duncan? I'm not sure. Nope. Someone's here? Oh, who's this? Hey, what's up, dude? What's going on, Scotty?
3: What's going on?
2: What are you doing here?
3: Uh, Well, you know, I'm trying to figure out what to do with Cooper Cup and Dynasty on teams because – Oh, shit. Dude, I saw Nate List in the the green room, and I figured he's hanging around here, and I'm trying to beat him in the Gano Game Theory League. Yeah. But man, I, I, this is one of the toughest things I've run into this year. Probably for most people that have Cooper Cup, they're in the top. What would you say? Top three? Like I, yeah. every team you look at with Cup, it's like, oh, where do you look for him? Up the top of the standings. Yep. But now what do you do? Because you're running into a receiver likely done for the year. I honestly, I know they say he could be back in four weeks. I don't see the incentive. He's having surgery on the high ankle. Like, I, I don't see where you're you're gonna get him back in the next six weeks. If he's not back in the next six weeks, he's done for the year effectively. Yep. But what do you do for him? What do you do with him in dynasty? He's gonna be 30. He's gonna be attached to a situation that has looked so bad. I'm not sure if the quarterback doesn't retire, the coach doesn't leave, the team's kind of forced into one of those like, man, we suck next year, but we still don't have anybody else to throw the ball to. So he's still going to put up numbers. But man, dynasty wise just feels like he's really, really tough to value, if not impossible to fucking replace if he lost him.
2: Yep, I agree. 110%. I mean, if it was a young player, if you lost Justin Jefferson, you could replace, well, you can't replace him, but you could easily find production to replace him because, of course, you could trade, you know, Justin Jefferson for Devontae Adams. Someone would be like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'll take uh, uh, Justin Jefferson with a torn ACL for Devontae and immediately. But you told me something when we were, uh, I think I saw something – you mentioned something at some point about a, a Cooper Cup trade that you saw in a league that befuddled you. What was it?
3: Yeah, I saw a Cooper Cup traded away for Amon Ross a. Brown. Oh. And it's oh. – so uh, a couple things to work through. Like one, if I didn't lose Cooper Cup but I'm a contender in a league – I mean, I hate to say it, we both play in a lot of leagues. The Cooper Cup manager is probably right in contention or if not above me in the standings. Yep. And I'm kind of sitting there, you know, smirking a little bit, going, all right, bit. I got, I have a better shot now because you don't have your best player. Yep. So for somebody to trade a player like Amon Ross St. Brown to that team without... Now, if he would have gotten back two seconds on top or something like that, okay, he charged him a tax. Yep. But to do it straight up,
2: no, that's you're, you're either...
3: You're either competing with him, and you just bailed him out, or you're not competing at all, and you traded a 23-year-old receiver for a 30-year-old receiver. So I, yeah. I just don't see the logic either way, unless nope. it's I think Amon-Rob St. Brown sucks, and yes. I don't want him. Here's and my you opportunity. Still to gotten, you still could have gotten. You still could have gotten more for him. Yeah,
2: exactly. No, it's it's a terrible trade, and and I, I think it's you know, and 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 well, here's some Dy- dynasty game theory 101. Right behind it is. This happens all the time. Sometimes the mind is slow to react. You look at rankings and someone looks and goes, no, Cup's top eight. You know, he's the top eight dynasty guy. I'm on Raw's top 12. I mean, I get the – They just they just can't figure out that, no, Cooper Cup probably isn't as as valuable because those dynasty rankings can't change quick enough they can't change fast enough you have to go through the mental thought experiment i don't know where cooper cup is in my dynasty rankings but he's way the hell down there that's for sure because as you point out the uncertainty continues into next year i think he's done for the year and if he's not done for the year you make a, another good point which is maybe he's four to five weeks well okay on on when he returns he's probably on a pitch count he plays for a shitty offense who knows if anything right we have no idea what's going on you're going to be like hesitantly starting him the first week back if you do or don't and he's either questionable doesn't play well you you have a whole nother mind field it's not like he comes back and it's like 28 points guaranteed no way it's 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 a tough thing to navigate i i would get off for way less than amon ra of, of course if you're i mean if you're rebuilding or if you're contending i look amon ra coin flip could have Produced as much down the stretch as Cooper Cup if they were both healthy. Never mind the seven-year age difference. Just absolute malpractice to give them up like that. Hey, do you know any teams uh, that 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 you know of that have uh, Cooper Cup on them? Any any that stick to mind? Like uh, the 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 league where you're ahead of me in my Dynasty Game Theory Invitational.
3: Yeah, I mean, speak of the devil, right? Like, I, I think that's a team where I've set up kind of the way I always want to getting the two elite quarterbacks and just basically filling in the points and hopefully I win the game of attrition. But unfortunately with this injury, that takes out maybe my best player. And I've been, I've been hunting around for some deals, but I think you're, you're trying to figure out the line. And we had a good debate the other day, uh, in my group about Cooper cup against Devonte Adams. And I'm like, I'd take Devonte Adams 20 out of 10 times right now. They're six months gap in their ages. And it's like one's playing and one's not. So that's an easy one. But here's the other yes. one, man, like Deandre Hopkins, mm. less than a year older than Cooper cup. And I don't think the values mesh anywhere close. Like you could easily get Hopkins if you sent your cup. And I think that goes back to what you were saying. The rankings can't change fast enough, but when you have one of these injuries and I'm I'm saying this because we still have, A couple weeks left in the regular season, a couple weeks before most people's trade deadlines. When a dude gets injured and they're knocked out for the year, like the the way you win that is you act immediately. Right. You got to act within 24, 48 hours. Because as soon as a week goes by and everyone's kind of settled in and we have another whole week of football where a bunch of stuff happens, It's like people aren't really remembering where Cooper Cup was. He's now just a guy that didn't play this weekend, and everyone's kind of forgot about him a little bit. Yep. But you still have that window. Like I traded another Cooper Cup away today, Cooper Cup and Trey Lance for Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown.
2: Oh, excellent. And
3: okay, I may not have Kyler and Marquise Brown for a couple more weeks, right? Because they're on a buy next week. They may not play this week. But I looked at that like that's a pretty sound dynasty trade, I think. Yep. And the I may have trade. points down the stretch. So, I mean, you got to find creative ways. But you know what? If I would have let two weeks go by and no just chance. sat on Cooper Cup and then yep. I wanted Hollywood and Kyler in week not 13 fair. after that their that buy, the person's fair. probably like, yeah, I can get more. I'm not taking that. Yep. So, you got
2: to strike quick. No, I agree. That trade's not there down the, down, down the road for you. And that's a really smart trade. You know, you sold some youth in, in Trey Lance. You sold on uncertainty with Kyler. But going back to your point about uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I think that's exactly right. That's where he starts to fall because he becomes a guy who's not producing. Look, Cooper Cup's value was in one very simple bucket. League winner. That's what he was. Points. Right? Yes, he's a point getter. He's a person that can carry your team. He's he's Travis Kelsey. You know, if Travis Kelsey gets hurt right now and blows out his knee, I don't know. Like I trade him for any. I don't.
3: know. If you I, can't get like Cole Komet for him if that <laughs> happens.
2: <laughs> right. That's because how of,
3: fast it would go downhill.
2: Yes, because his value is not in the future; it's in the now. And when the now gets taken, the future is also now taken. I mean, so much of the value gets sapped from Cooper Cup. That's where that's where you got to strike fast. You're absolutely right, where people still have that sort of name recognition. Oh, it's a sprained ankle. He'll be back. I still get Cooper Cup. It's going to be awesome. Then they turn around. It's like the season's over. They didn't get any points this year. He's another year older. This offense is shitty. All these things sort of happen, and you're like, wait, what the fuck? I have 31-year-old Cooper Cup on my lineup, and I haven't won a single thing, but why does he have Amon Ross St. Brown? Like, what the fuck did I do? Like, you need that moment. I think you're right. DeAndre Hopkins makes me think if some, if I was holding cup and on a contest, like if someone offered you Hopkins right now for cup in that league, where you have a chance to win and less Nate list loses, which I'm, I, you know, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to jinx him for sure. Right. But if he, uh, if, if, if he, if, if you get that trade, man, you got to think long and hard about it. Hey. Eh?
3: Yeah. I mean, and I think that's where you play the market. You, you explore players, Obviously, the alternative, instead of just dumping Cup, because there is a line, right? Like, I, I saw someone else trade Cooper Cup for Christian Kirk. Mm, okay. There you go. That's one of those where you're kind of like, all right, am I better off going and buying a replacement and holding Cooper Cup for next year rather than just taking a wide receiver three for him? Yes. Like, you have to figure out where that line is. But you make one more good point. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz was a guy people were putting in the top eight, top six of Dynasty tight ends before his injury because you know what? Productive. Third in the league in targets at tight ends. But guess what? If Zach Ertz, we don't know the extent of his injury. They're being a little mysterious about it. But let's say he did suffer a a bad knee injury, you know, one that's going to maybe keep him out for a year. Or to the point where it's like Zach Ertz or Foster Moreau, who would you rather have And it's like, someone would probably just say, I'll take Foster Moreau. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. want Zach Ertz at all. Dude could retire and never play again. So it's like, you get these guys, you mentioned Kelsey. Like, I don't even want to speak that into existence because I have Kelsey in the Game Theory League, by the way. So hopefully you didn't jinx that. But (laughs) the point is like a guy like Ertz goes down.
0: Yeah.
3: Guy like Ertz goes down and you're like, he, he had no dynasty value. It was right. how many points is he scoring? And as soon as he's not scoring points, he literally goes to zero. And if you – I won't say you cut him on a team, but if there's rumors that this is like a 12-month knee injury or something like that, like you could almost say, I'm cutting him for something else and just walk away. Let someone else hold him on their roster for the yes. next year. So yes. that's how fast it moves.
2: Yes. Yeah, he was a top six tight end on a weekly basis. And then all of a sudden he's just gone, vanished, poof into the night. Forget about it. You're absolutely right. You know, that's where a young player, you know, when you get a Brees hall, I mean, yeah, his value changes and, and, and things like that. But you talk about a, a, an older player, it gets a whole lot more murky because not only did they have only a few number of years left anyway, now they're going to contend with an injury a rehab. Those things are not simple. Like we just think, Oh yeah, 12 months they're back from a thing or whatever. It's like, do You realize what they're doing for those twelve months? They're on a fucking bike. They're 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 healing scar tissue. They're taking antibiotics. They're running. They're doing pool work. They're weight work. The whole fucking thing, like rehab every day, physical therapy, blah blah. blah. Like it either it may not even work. They they could have some other setback. You know they could. You, we hear about this all the time. You know the um the compensation uh you know injury where you're compensating for weakness in one leg. All of a sudden you pull a hamstring. It's a tough road back from injury on the human level. We sort of yada, 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 the whole, you know, recovery process. But that part is, it's part of it, man. Like who knows what happens
3: with Cooper Cup's
2: ankle? Look at fucking
3: Michael Thomas. Yeah. I and mean, I think the the takeaway is, and this isn't anything new. There's injuries like this every single year. Players yep. that are, you know, close to 30 or in their 30s suffer injuries. I do think it comes down to how bad do they want to come back? How bad do they want to play? A lot of these guys that are still playing at a high level at that point, one thing they have in common is they've made a lot of money already, too. So you kind of have to look at what's their personal situation, their family situation. We don't know any of that. Right. Zach Hertz could be going, I'm playing until I'm 38. He could also be saying, man, this this might be the last thing. I, I'm done. I'm good. I'm done with my career. I won a Super Bowl. I'm good. You know, like yes. he could be planning to walk away. We don't know it. Limp, limp away. Limp away. limp away, but we don't know any of that. It could yeah. come out of nowhere, where it's yes. like, "Yep, Zach Ertz has announced his retirement," or he's back next October and he's a tight end one. Like, there's right. such a wide range of outcomes. I think you have to look at your rosters and just let this be a reminder of when you're stuck with a bunch—not stuck, but you—you you have a lot of these players that are clearly past the age curve. Just, just be cognizant of how many you have stacked in one place. Yes. Because a roster can go from like, damn, that's a banging squad to I don't have any assets now. And yes. it's like that. It's like overnight. And the dynasty yes. community, we are so fickle and reactive that it, it can take the Cooper Cups, the Travis Kelseys, the Devontae Adams, none of them when they're at that level. I don't care if they're the best player in the league. They are not immune to this type of reaction of throw them in the trash and we don't want them anymore. Yeah,
2: And, th- and this is why you want to store your value. When you're not a winning team or a contending team, you wish you could put all of your value into the draft picks. Like if you could just sell yeah. all of your assets for draft picks, put them in there, and then wait for the season to start and then maybe sell them all back for players. That'd be you just want to store your value in, in the draft because that is a that is a an ascending asset. No matter what happens, there's literally nothing that can happen to make those values go down between now and the day they are picked. So there's nothing that can happen. They're only going to go up in value. Whereas there are so many things that can happen to your Ertz, Tom Brady's, Cooper cups, Michael Thomas's, Travis Kelsey's, all these older players at the very, very least. They're going to score points for your team that's not contending, which you don't need. And then they're going to get a year older, which is also something you don't need. Like everything that, even if they do good, it's all bad because you're just basically holding on to a depreciating asset and catastrophe can strike. So you wanna be very that's why you're very aggressive. I mean, me and you have talked about this so many times, you know, on this pod and elsewhere, how aggressive you wanna be. It's not because, you know. People think, well, being in the middle is bad. Now, being in the middle isn't necessarily bad in Dynasty. I've taken a couple teams and and competed and almost won a title with some teams that were middling that made the playoff. That's fine enough, but it's 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 an old fragile team that maybe isn't competing that can just go from you know a, a seventy eight out of a hundred to a forty out of a hundred in terms of value so quickly with some with some big time losses. So if you're not going to make it and you're not going to have a chance to win that title transfer that 78 value into draft picks. And it's going to go from 78 to 88 in the off season.
3: Yeah. It's those teams that have, you know, the Kelsey's and cups and Stafford's and you're going, ah, I'm, I'm not going to make the playoffs this year, but I'm just going to run it back next year. Do it's like, it's that. like storing all the cash <laughs> yeah. you have instead of putting it in a bank, you have it in your mattress. I mean, yeah, and the, uh, no, in the, in the trunk with the trunk open, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and the car could catch on fire. You could get in a crash. It could all blow away. Like there's so many things that could happen between <laughs> yes. now and then. That yeah, those are the most dangerous. If you're in the middle, but you're in the middle with a bunch of rookies and second year players, and you got a couple picks in the next couple drafts, like you can survive being in the middle for a year. But if you're in the middle because your win now run fell short, and you still didn't insulate yourself with anything other than just I'll run it back next year and hope they produce. <laughs> right. Uh, that that's how orphans get made a year later. That is exactly how orphans get made. And and I was
2: in a panic mode. My team was not that bad in in the listener league. But I kept looking at it, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's so scary." I just knew it couldn't win, but it had DeAndre Hopkins, it had Tom Brady, Christian McCaffrey, it had point scorers. But I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I got to get off these things. I got to get off Brady now." But what's interesting about a Brady piece is in a superflex, especially a 14 team or 16 team, whatever, even a 12 team superflex, Brady's definitely a top 24 point scorer at quarterback, if not potentially much higher than that. In which case you know, a, a contending team who's had some attrition, who knows what, maybe just, you know, who knows, right? Trey Lance type of thing. I mean, they could be thin, bye weeks are hitting, they want to load up. He's somewhat valuable to a contending team going forward. I've sold a couple of shares of Brady uh, this year on teams that just weren't going to make it. And you know what? I don't blame the buyers either because he could be the key piece to winning a chip.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, it's really about leveraging the time when to buy those players you know there's a small window where you want to do it during the season Uh, and arguably if you want to create one of those rosters you can do it in the summer yes (laughs) if you're the one that has what everyone else is going to want the young insulated players the draft picks I mean we all know the dynasty market is so fickle in the off season it's like players you couldn't buy for a second right now because their scoring points are the right. same players that you couldn't move in a deal to go from the two Oh nine to the two Oh four. Right. Exactly. In, in may when you're going, Hey, you know, I'm going to add Tyler Lockett to this deal to go to the three Oh one no. to the two Oh two. And someone's no. like, nah, fuck him, man. He's way too old. You know, <laughs> yes. but now it's like, man, can I go try to buy for a second? No, he's worth more than a second. It's like, well, yeah. you know, he, he, he is, but only for the next six weeks. And then he's worth, way more to somebody that has him than what his actual draft capital compensation is. So it's very interesting. The timing of dynasty is that's really the key. The players, the players I really don't think matter much because there's so much variance that happens year to year, week to week, month to month. It's really about the archetypes of the types of players. And then also the timing of when you transact them.
2: That's right. Yeah. Because when you're on the clock with a three Oh four and you're like ready to pick, you can sell that oftentimes for, for quite a surprising haul because someone is like, dude, Keontae Ingram is there and I fucking think he's going to be awesome. And whether it's Keontae Ingram or Damian Pierce doesn't matter. They, they're thinking it's JT. And so therefore they're going to unload the barrels to get that guy. Whereas if you're like, like you say, um, you know, a third for Tyler Lockett or whatever. It's it's like ridiculous. But you could easily get Tyler Lockett for that pick, then you'd be like Tyler Lockett plus a future third. Someone would be like, Done. Just needed that three point oh four to take my guy. So yeah, the yeah, timing you, uh, of the, yeah, go ahead.
3: you trade up to get you gotta trade up and get Samir White. I'll give right. you Jamal Williams, Deontay Foreman, and Jeff Wilson. <laughs> you can have all three. Yeah, exactly. And, a- and you bingo. know what? You and I are guilty of probably going no nah, I'm good. 100%. I don't I don't want those 3 bums. I'll draft the guy I want and then I look 100%. back and I go, "Man, maybe I should learn from this next year." Yes. And buy players even if they're not in the situation at the draft. Maybe look at the players and go, "Wow, I can get 3 of these just plotter running backs that I'm pretty sure there's a coach out there that's always going to give carries if they're on a roster. Yes. Maybe I should take that guy instead of drafting this fifth round running back that, you know, went to the Packers that I think is going to be able to break into the rotation. The reality is I should probably just take the, you know, the three for ones if I'm getting the Samaj P. Rines and the Deontay Foreman's, you know?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we, the point that you're making is the smart one, which is you should learn by those mistakes to say that, oh no, Scott, we never make that mistake because we're too smart. That's fucking stupid. The reason we're even talking about it is because we've made those same mistakes, but we're trying to see those patterns. And and the hardest, the, the reason these patterns exist is because it's called human nature. We all have the same emotional sort of tendency, which is like the shiny thing, the black box. All these things make sense in you know in, in clinical studies. You know, do you want the thousand dollars or what's beneath the black box? You're like black box sounds pretty cool you know you're like dude you could have a grand someone just offered you a thousand bucks you'd be like mm, but what could be in that black box though i want to know it's so in, intriguing and like people will choose the black box and it's a fucking uh you know a twizzler and you're like mm, all right well that's fucking cool that's neat you know you have just no clue um so that is human nature and so you try to understand the the what's playing upon my emotions and where logically how logically should i think about that that's the game
3: yeah for sure and i think the the last point i'll make on that is you have to operate that transaction we were just talking about being on the clock and feeling uncomfortable about trading that pick away because there's somebody you really want when you're uncomfortable because you're pretty sure you don't want to pass on that player that probably means you're within that range where someone else is seeing the same thing So you're feeling a little uncomfortable. Everyone gets to those points in rookie drafts where you go, ah, this is a tier break. I don't really want anybody. Hey, who wants the pick? And it's like, well, you know, everyone else in my league sees the same thing. Like they don't really want this pick either. But there's usually those spots where it's like, man, everyone sees a tier between the 204 and the 208. Like there's a bunch of players there that everyone's after. The move is to really operate in that, like, that's where I'm uncomfortable moving the pick away. But I know there's multiple people that are going to go, hey, what do you want for this pick? And I'll go, "Uh, I like Jamal Williams. Okay, I'll give you Jamal Williams. "Ah, That's not quite enough. You know, I'm not sure what he's going to be next year. You know, he had a great year. He can't repeat that. How about you throw in that extra Deontay Foreman. Okay. Okay. I'll, will do it. I'll do it. I got to get my Zamir white Here, yes. Well, you know, I, Foreman's currently a free agent. I don't know where he's going to land. How about you throw in another third? Done. Yeah. But it's all because you needed to get into that tier that everyone wanted in. When you're yes. trying to do it outside of the zone where that's there's right. demand, there's no market. I there's think no that's market. a move I need to be better at is yes. I'm very confident in like how I evaluate draft tiers and stuff but it's also to my detriment. Cause I'm going like, I'm not moving picks in that range. Okay. Well I probably got to realize that most people in my league don't want the other picks that that are outside of that range. Cause those are the ones I want to move. You know, we're right. all seeing it the same way. So it's in the range where you're uncomfortable is probably where you should be making the moves.
2: That's right. And, uh, any, uh, any, any messages for Nate list who's undefeated in the dynasty game theory podcast. I mean the dynasty game theory invitation. I mean, are you coming for him? because you know, I'm, I'm right nipping on your heels now, especially if you take away them Cooper cup points.
3: Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'll just say this. Uh, one of the biggest things that I've tried to do this year is be fluid with all my skill players and just kind of play the variants because who the hell knows if it's going to be Cooper cup or it's going to be, you know, this running back or this tight end. I'm a lot li- I'm always a live dog though when I got Mahomes and Justin <laughs> Herbert. So I'll just say that I'm rolling yes. those two out and as long as I can just piece together 10 skill players in I between, like it I have a makings <laughs> of a really good sandwich. I got like a really nice toasted pretzel bun with yeah. two big bun sides. Yeah, it, all I all I need is just a bunch of stuff and throw it in the middle and it's probably gonna end up tasting pretty good. So oh, there you go. There that's you how go. I'm looking at my team. Mahomes, Herbert, as long as they're there. I got a shot every week. So I'll just say I, I that. Agree. So be scared, Nate Liss. It,
2: it is funny too. Yeah, he is scared. He's a, you know, I mean, uh, th- th- his people are all scared. They, they say, that's what he tells me. I mean, he's got a, he's got a thing, but listen, he, uh, you you said the, the 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 sandwich with the 10, you know, roster spots in between the quarterbacks. That's the key in a 14 a team league to be rostering uh, and starting those 10 players. That's where, you know, hey, depth matters more than top end talent, but top end talent, matters too and you lost some so good luck you know i know you and i, I was kind of pulling for you and i to ch- chase down this list fella and, and knock him off his throne uh he's probably too chicken shit to come on this pod though i'll tell you that much for sure there's just no doubt about it he would never you didn't see him out in the green room did you
3: no i don't think so i was looking around for him i heard he was here yeah uh but i didn't actually see him but i just i'm kind of i'm, I'm kind of acting like he is going to hear this Yes. so the challenge is on yeah, I'll email it to him because he's,
2: you know, look, I he's he's a pushover, he's a paper tiger, and uh, you know, one of us is winning the league for sure. But uh, hey, man, thanks for stopping by.
3: Yeah, anytime. I mean, we love podding together. Uh, whenever you want to have me on, whenever we want to do something together, the people love it. The people always are going more, more, more. We get comments going, "Hey, you guys need to have your own show." Uh, Awesome. We're definitely, last time I was on, we're like, we're going to do this a couple times a year.
2: We're close to our own show. We'll have to do something maybe even quarterly or something like that where we just kind of make it a little bit more regular and we'll see how it goes. I mean, you know, like you know, uh, our very own show, doing a show together is a lot. Uh, It's a big commitment. If I do make a commitment, I want to stick to it. So let's find something that we can, that we actually can commit to that way we can make it right.
3: For sure. For sure.
2: Peace out later. Man, oh man, that was awesome with Scott. I can't believe he popped in like that. That was a ton of fun. Um, just, uh, just love him. You know, we got to dunk on Nate, Nate Liss and, and, and just, and just, and just, you know, bring the pain to Nate Liss cause he deserves it. But, uh, yeah, Scott Connor, absolute stud, great dynasty player and, uh, does the destination Devi dynasty show. Go check him out there. He's awesome. Um, uh, but like I was saying, Oh, who's here. Hello. Whoa! Hey, what are you doing here? I I don't even know how I got here. What's what, happening? What are, what are you, are you doing? doing here? I mean, this is my podcast. Oh, this is
4: your podcast. Yes. I Well, I was I was wondering. I just saw Scott Connor on the way out. I know. I figured he. What direction is he coming from? Yeah, he was coming from here. He was on here. Was he just just yeah. before me? That's that's an interesting combination. Him and then me.
2: Yeah, we weren't talking about you at all. Okay, oh, of course. I just, I, we just happen to be in a league with you. Isn't that right? Yes. You just happen to be... How, how many games have you won? Or I don't remember your record. What is your record well, in the well, very, very I, formidable?
4: I, I You know, it's, it's hard to tell at this point exactly what it is. We're still letting the dust settle. But from my count... Votes, counting the votes. I'm counting the votes. I've got at least a three-game lead on the second-place team, and they've uh. got three losses, and it looks <laughs> like I'm... 10 and 0 at this point. So undefeated, wow. and I still have my entire waiver wire budget. So that's good. So I still have all 200 dollars in my pack. The
2: waiver the waiver wire budget. There's some gems out there. You might want to take a peek there. Yeah. yeah. I'll go,
4: I'll go take a
2: look. I don't know who's on the wire. I mean, there's a lot of
4: sharps in this league. Uh you know, shit. I hate
2: to see, you know, what's really interesting. Let me, let me tell you, hold on, let me tell you the go. waiver the waiver run. Who was picked up this week? Okay. L. Cager,
3: by okay. the way. <laughs> oh, wow. L cager,
2: okay. a yep. tight end for the Giants, yep. was picked up. Um, i never heard of him. Uh he's wearing a I think he's wearing a, like a, a Seahawks uniform. Like he does, he's just like some random. And uh there were two bids. He went for $14 in our league. Wow. L. Cager. Wow. And then uh Jay Stoll, the blocking tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh he f- he fetched five dollars. And then Jay <laughs> Virgil. <laughs> a supposed wide receiver for the Denver Broncos also was uh, nabbed uh, in Nabs. this league. So yes, a very very feverish waiver wire.
4: I just I just love those. Sound like those two of those sound like Danny Kelly selections. They are, of,
2: of course, course, they're they Danny are. Kelly. Yeah, Danny. He, Kelly. He's
4: all over it. No, I mean, listen, it's a very prestigious league. I'm happy <laughs> to be ten and zero. Thanks for bringing it up. Uh, you know, th- it's funny because. The opposite side of the planet is J.J. Yeah. Zacharison, who's yes. currently 0-10. It's a yes. shocker.
2: <laughs> yes, I don't know how we, how we
4: got to this point either. I, You know, I felt like I got kind of screwed last year, had some injuries. Uh, Jalen Hurts, by the way, at th- about this time last year, maybe a smidge before, I think there were some concerns. I think there were some thoughts going into the trade deadline, like if I don't get him off my roster, he may not have a job next year. I mean, that was right. literally <laughs> the thought process,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I don't know that I had that thought process. I remember saying on a couple of pods last year that they may move on from him, but I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like he's at least good enough where he's yes. going to get an opportunity somewhere else. You know, I mean, when, you know, you, you see the starting quarterbacks out there and there was bound to be some quarterback attrition. We didn't see Russell Wilson coming, but Jesus, you know, we, we see it happening there. You know, obviously Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady likely to retire, et cetera, et cetera. Right.
4: No, you're, you're totally right. I mean, thanks to Jalen Hurts, this team's been carried. I've got, it's going to be ugly going into the off season. There's no doubt about it. I, I'm going to have to trim some fat here. Didn't play the waiver wire enough, apparently. In yeah, exactly. 2022. Kager. Kager. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm missing out. But man, look, it's so weird running into you, but I always enjoy talking football <laughs> yes. with you, talking life in general. We've had some great conversations that never uh, touched the ears of the listeners.
2: Well, this one isn't going on the air. So just say what you were going to say. That's, you know, that's really interesting that people want to hear. Go oh, ahead. say Dance. something that's Dance. what do you mean yes, it's please. not going? What do you mean it's not going on the air? Where is this going then? Oh, sorry, I didn't tell you. No, no, it's going on the air. I was trying to trick you.
4: Look, I, I've been tricked enough in my life yeah. that now <laughs> I'm just so gun shy and fearful I will never be tricked again.
2: We did say you were fearful. By the way, me and me and Scott Connor, we did say you and your people really? are, are scared people. You've mentioned this to me. You've told me this. Oh, oh, my people. Yes, 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 yes,
4: yes. yes we're a scared people. There's nothing. <laughs> No doubt about that. We've got a long history of, uh, of yeah, again of a couple Being pickles. Skittish, so, yeah, we're yeah, we're, yeah. we're very skittish at this point in time. But uh, no, it's dude. Listen, it's it's a great time of the year, right? We're we're getting to the trade deadline, um, and it depends on how many dynasty leagues are in. I think that's yes. one thing that I've learned this year. Um, I, I would, I would say that I'm in too many and I know yes. there's people out there that are just, gluttonous. I'd say one
2: too many, you know, if you know if mean? at, le- at
4: least, at <laughs> being least being one this too 10 many, and team. How many I'd well, like to see one. you out? Yes. Th- yeah. Yeah. Th- what is, what is your, uh, how many are you in this year? Dynasty? Uh, 16. God damn. See, how many, and how do you keep up with all this? I don't. How many are you in? Oh God. Uh, probably like 25 dynasty leagues. <sighs> yeah. Have you seen many. the movie multiplicity? Yeah. You, you yeah, know, yeah, like,
2: you're, yeah, you're, but you've mentioned this before. You can do this multiplicity take, but you've mentioned how you can't say no. I've had wait, 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 wait. I've had a
4: multiplicity take before. No, no, I just no. no. You're gonna do no. the multiplicity oh, take. Yeah, yeah. But
2: you've said the other thing before, where you can't say no to new <sighs> leagues. You're like startup, inject God. it directly into my veins. Why is it.
4: that? They're so fun. The startup so fun. draft. The startup draft is like that when you first met your wife, you know, and it's just the the hunt and the chase and it's so fun and all the chemistry in the beginning and it's new and, and then after a while, it's like it, it slows down a little. You're learning little things. Be and careful, you're, you're, Nate. But no, I know I I caught myself there. I was. This <laughs> is going.
2: No, does the,
4: she listen to this podcast? I'm I'm not sure. I'm popular, it to
2: her bro. Blackmail. <laughs> so, I mean, you but, know, it's like a marriage. You know, it's like you starts off good and then boom, right down yeah, the shit up. Then
4: the fucking wheels fall off. You know, about six months in. For anybody thinking about getting married, <laughs> no. But what I'm saying is, the, the startup draft is so fun. And then you have to take care of it. It's like saying that you want like three acres of property. Until you have three acres of property, you're out there then fucking you cutting the grass and hedging yeah. the bushes and sprinklers yeah. clogged. And it's like it's it's difficult, but uh
2: <laughs> I think that analogy works better than the marriage one two, in hindsight. Two <laughs> epic analogies. Let me give you one more. I think it's more like when you when you press restart on the on the franchise mode in Madden, and you're yes. like here we go. Yes. I'm the Cleveland Browns <laughs> in 2023. I've got to d- decide what to do with the quarterback position. I still have Chubb like everything it's all let's go baby, yes. you know, you're so fired yes. up about the what could
4: be. The the renewed feeling. No, yes. I mean, well that's did, back to my multiplicity take. Yeah, First off, please. Michael Keaton great actor, never got enough respect. Number one, not one of the best Batman. Uh, you know, Batman, Batman, Batman. How would you Bat-mans? say that? Not one of the best Batmans?
2: I think it's Batman's because he is a Batman, not a Batman.
4: Can we go Batmans? So he's not one of the no, he's not Batman.
2: Are it's you Bat- sure Man's. about that? We'll Are put you it out. Qualified
4: on the- to tell me I'm wrong.
2: Uh, I, I'm gonna, we're gonna put a Twitter poll out. Oh, don't don't do that. Yes, <laughs> I can see. Go Batmans.
4: Go ahead. <laughs> I, I can see, but the point is, you know, his life got so complicated that he kept making you know uh, uh what was it copies of himself and of course they got apparently got stupider look the movie's dated it's not funny anymore but the point is a single guy yeah. doing this many dynasty leagues even your number my number they're, they're, it's an impossible task i mean do you have one that you feel like is just that you know it's that 16th kid kind of gave yeah. up a little bit
2: a little bit yeah a little bit you know what's yeah you know what you know what i do though on sleeper i put them in order of how good they are so every week i rearrange them
4: Wait, 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 wait. You can move yes. them around? Yep. Get the fuck out of here.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the, on the app, you just – there's a little <laughs> thing on the top there. You just hit it, and you can move them. And so I have them in order of how good they are. So I'm not confused. I know, hey, look, my good teams are here. My rebuilders are here. I can jump oh, right to – it really helps me. And, of course, it's – you know there, there's a lot at the top. That's all I'm saying. There's a lot up there with the – A lot of you know.
4: rebuilders up there? No. Oh, no. those are the good ones. No, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. No, yeah no.
2: Understandable. No,
4: I didn't know you could do that. Thank you for telling yeah. me that. You're uh, no, man, just in general, I think dynasty is to me is still the best format. It's my favorite format. Uh, continue to be a huge advocate for it. Even though I think that when you start to take on too many teams, um, it sort of adversely maybe affects the, the product itself. So I would tell people yes. like, you know, a home league with your friends that you grew up with or local people fucking outstanding to have yes. a couple dynasty leagues, Certainly doable, but when you get to this level, like just you know, getting caught up in the startups and stuff, um, is just certainly a, a very difficult, very tall task to just keep up with. So
2: yeah, totally. I, I said it, I think on the last podcast, I had Scott Fish on. He was great, he's awesome, you know. And yeah. um, we we're talking about how many leagues, and yeah, And I said, I think everybody should know their like have have their number. Cause like, do you remember your first dynasty league? You must, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely and I don't know about you, but there had to have been at least a year or two where you only played in one, or did you start multiple right off the get?
4: No, no, I, I definitely started in one with a bunch of people. It was nice that everybody started for the first time together. Because Me too. We, we still laugh about some of these players like slipping through the cracks that became yes. elite, and we're like, how did we miss? You know, yeah, take so Thomas
2: Rawls over whoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. So, more. so, 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 if you remember, I, I know when I had only one team, I actually knew every Player on my team, there was like thirty. I knew every one of them. I knew every owner in the league and what players he had.
4: I remember like you'd be driving around thinking, "Man, how do I get you know Nick Chubb
2: off this guy?" Or how do I right? Like you were so invested. Yes, and that's actually more fun. But because it's so much fun, you want to have more, and you do more, and then you get to a point where it's like. Yeah. Okay, this is too many. So there is a too many. And yeah. we're probably both there. I'm definitely, I held off this last year with startups. I mean, I only did a couple. I did, you know, Dynasty Game Theory Invitational. Thank you for joining this last yeah. year whatever. You know, so it's actually a couple, letting me win. I, actually, that was two years ago. See, so there you go. I mean, I'm losing track of time. I did one so last year too. Yeah, Whatever. I don't know. I'm I, full of shit is what I'm trying to tell you.
4: No, you're, you're not full of shit. I think you're right. I think what you're trying to say is it's a lot like your marriage where eventually it loses steam when you add too many, right? Yeah.
2: Yes. yes. Okay, Too many marriages Send this to your
4: wife. Yeah. Too many. No. Yeah, no. Just, just the <laughs> one that's teams. falling apart. No, yes. I think you're right though. Having one in the beginning, and that's where everybody starts, you know. And being an analyst, I think maybe that's part of where we kind of get sucked in a bit further. Um, and like you said, I can't say yes. no. And I've had leagues where I probably as much as I hate. It. And here's the other one. This is a great one. How many leagues have you, have you eventually said, Hey, look, I've got to step back. And when you do, how charitable are you when you step back?
2: Yeah. Well, that uh, I I never step back. <clears throat> I only, I've kept, uh, here's the thing. I can't get rid of shitty leagues because I, or shitty teams because I'm like, well, that's unfair. You can't orphan this team. It's, it's in the dumps. And then uh, I think uh. to my great teams, I can't orphan this team. It's too fucking good. Like I, I'm going to win with it. So why would I give this team up? And I'm not right. going to sell it because I'm not some jerk off. You know, it's like hey, give me fucking hundred bucks. It's not I mean, you idea, can, actually. if they're really high stakes, but I'm talking about like, just like, you know, regular fucking leagues. I'm not going to, yeah, it's just not my style. So it's really hard to give up a shitty team. It's really hard to give up a, a great team. So I don't know. I'm just a pack rat, I guess, but.
4: Yeah, well, that's a good way to die. I just don't want to, uh, you know, like, I'm at the point now where I'm considering, like, what do I do with some of these leagues? I don't want to bail. Look, Mm -hmm. I don't want to bail on these leagues. but right. I also don't want to play in so many leagues. It's, it's really, it's yes. the fucking conundrum that I taught, you know, it's so funny. Like I talked to my, I can't believe that this is the subject matter that we went down the road of, but yes. I complain to my wife about this all the time. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm dealing with these fucking rosters. Like <laughs> Sunday morning is me telling my family to leave me alone. As I said, like, like an 700 hour. Yes. rosters. I'm like fucking Camara's
2: out. I got to fucking figure this shit out. You know, I, that's yeah.
4: the worst part, you know? And then uh. it's like uh, the guy that you, you know, I try to set my lineups the night before, like Saturday yes. night, yes. I stay up pretty late. Try to set a lineup in hopes that that's going to reduce my problems tomorrow, but it never does. It just creates yes. more problems because I'm like, "Fuck, what team did I forget?" to, You know. So, anyways, I digress. But uh, that, that's that's going to be the crux of my you know conversational pieces with you from here till the end of time. I think.
2: Yeah, I think the other big advice, if we're giving it, is if you have a destructive marriage, something that's falling apart, just have a kid. That'll bring you back together.
4: Yeah, because definitely you want to <laughs> anchor yourself to something that's sinking to the bottom. You know, Within- like I, that's what I always say. Just everything yeah. that you've ever dreamed of, I would say, just push it all right there into the worst yeah. case scenario.
2: Yeah, yeah, that 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 is a sarcastic advice. I know I've had some people. I had this guy like ask me he, on Twitter. He goes, "Hey, aren't you fantasy receipts?" And I'm like, I DM him. Oh, I go, yeah. I go, "No, dude, I'm not fucking fantasy receipts, bro." He goes, well. Didn't you have a pod where you said you were? I'm like, satire, homie, satire. Did you yeah. not hear the whole fucking bit? It was a bit. I forgot about. I'm so glad you brought this
4: up. Thank yeah, you. dude, I forgot about the whole scandal. So, Ke- look, I get along with Kev really well. Yeah, I, no, know, no, Kev's I, fine. I don't. Kev's know. Kev's great. Look, like Kev, yo, know, he, he has <laughs> his. First off, Kev's a great. A great analyst. I mean, yeah. he's incredibly accurate in 2022, especially if you look at him yes, on fantasy. He's number crush, one, cr- crushing it. But anyways, number one, yeah, that, that's neither here nor there. But apparently, he's an awful detective. That yes, is what, terrible detective. That's what's yes. happening? So you're telling me, yes, hand to God, you are telling me that you are not the fantasy receipts account.
2: <sighs> I, I don't know if I can. What if Fematic I don't believe in God? Focus. I mean, because this is now we're getting into a whole – what is the definition of God? And then I can put my so – where are do you I ag- put my
4: hand? Are you agnostic then? Because I need I'm to know – I'm not putting my hand anywhere you don't to know clearly define. I where you are on the spectrum before I can pin you to something to make you promise.
2: Yeah. If there's going to be a Bible involved, I don't know. I'm I'm even less comfortable about this whole where I'm putting my right hand is all I'm I, saying.
4: I think you are fantasy receipts more than ever right now. No, I don't know who it is. I. It seems like – it's really funny because it seems like it is a group of people, right? I think that's I think that's what's been
2: sort of alluded to. I can't tell. Fuck, I don't know. Listen, I call myself we. I mean, I, I mean, they call themselves oh, we. I'm right, sorry. Right. No, well, it is. My- it is funny
4: that you guys are responding to one another. Look, it's well yes. coordinated. I Thank mean, it's you. been it's been played out well. But uh, yeah, Kev, I, Kev hit me up that night. He goes, I know who it is and i don't know why he hit me up specifically him and i talk about stuff though but he hit me up and he goes i know who it is and i'm like what i go who the fuck is it because i'm like i'm like kind of curious and he goes yeah. he goes i'll give you a hint and he like does a fucking riddle to me and i'm like god damn it kev i'm like who is it and in anyways, like it's so funny he goes i'm gonna let i'm gonna tell everybody tomorrow and then he released that shit oh and when he god. said it was you it was really funny to me because like you and i have had like a relationship for a while and i you know I don't talk to that many people in the fantasy space. Right. Like I I'm a recluse. So when it was when he said you I'm like shit, that's like one of the four people that I talk to in the fantasy <laughs> football world. This is so crazy. And I believed it momentarily until you kind of came out and were like, no, this is you know, made fun of it and well you played it off well if you were, but nonetheless.
2: Yes, I am uh I am both not him and exactly them at the same time. I am a lot of things. Son of a bitch. But I I am uh I am certainly not a rat. <laughs> I'm not ratting myself out. I'm not ratting them out. I mean, I, or or you know, you know what I mean. Whoever it yeah, is, yeah, of course. Look, can can I ask you a question? Uh,
4: yes. You know, like on your own show, can I ask you a question? Look, I Please. I recently caught wind of this. Is there like a is there like a semi serious concern about DeAndre Swift and Dynasty?
2: Um, I think so. I just traded for him today.
4: Okay, good for you. Yeah, because I'm seeing it's like percolating on my timeline that there's a concern that DeAndre Swift, what, what kills me is people, he's a weird case because everybody says, trust the talent, right? Like believe yeah. in the talent, invest in the player. He's clearly amazing. He's clearly yes. an incredibly talented three down capable back. But since being in Detroit, we haven't necessarily seen that opportunity manifest to the level of a Christian McCaffrey, to the level of a Alvin Kamara necessarily. But again, year to year over the last couple of years, we're only seeing five to six players even break a 70% snap share. So right. it's not like he's so far below the bubble annually. Um, so I just don't understand to sell a guy when last year he averaged 16 points, the year before that 14 and a half, and he's yeah. at 13.5 this year, but still yeah. like crazy talented. At what's going he's on here?
2: He's been hurt. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not worried. And uh, what did I give up? <clears throat> Let me give you the trade. It was You're going to love this trade. Oh, I, I can't wait. I, oh my god, you're gonna absolutely love this trade. There's some there's some Nate List all stars that I gave up. Oh, let's do it. I gave up a 24 first. Perfect. Mine. I'm a good team, okay. so okay. I don't give a shit. That's late. I gave up uh, Michael Gallup. Okay, okay. I gave up Chuba Hubbard. Okay, okay. And I gave up Malik Willis. So
4: did you give up anybody good? No. Perfect. Wow. Why how big is this league? 14 team. See, I could be a, okay, I figured it was more than 12, 14 team, 2024 20, first. It's late. That's, it's selling way too low. My what, team we, is did, dope. What, what I already have McCaffrey
2: and Eckler. Did you do this team. before Malik Willis's last today. start? Oh, what the? F- today. I did that today.
4: Malik Willis is not going <laughs> to fire. To the no. owner, whoever did that. What a, what a, Chuba's not going to take Deontay Nothing. Foreman's spot. A 24 first. Whatever. Let's go. Wow. Well, good, good for you in a 14 team league with the scarcity of the running back position. No, that's amazing. I, I just want to go on record and say that I think it's absolutely ridiculous that people are concerned whatsoever about DeAndre Swift. I know the fragility, the running back positions filled with it. Going into the year, there were questions about Saquon Barkley, maybe not for people like us, but in general, in the fantasy industry, people didn't know if he was going to rebound to be the player he is. Christian McCaffrey got hit with the injury label. He was still where he was. He's good where he is now. It's it's so funny how it's like egg on the face of all these analysts and all these people that wrote these guys off. Yep. Like, invest in the talent, but suddenly they turn their back because of injuries. Why is DeAndre Swift at 23 not maybe the next
2: guy to do the same thing? I'm with you. I think DeAndre Swift is a multi-talented back who's going to, you know, who really has, you know, look at like like Austin Eckler's uh, snap share and like yes. um, some of these guys who, who are pass catchers. They don't, they don't need a ton of opportunities. They just need the right opportunities. And I think those opportunities will show themselves probably next year more so than this year when they get a probably a new quarterback. Who knows? Like, I just think that it's going to happen for him. He's been hurt. Now, you could say the injury bug is part of the discount. Well, sure. I mean, look, if he's hurt the rest of his career, it fucking sucks. But that's probably a thing to bet against is that he's not going to be hurt his whole career. I don't right. think that's. Yeah, I mean, like you know,
4: ob- obviously we want to see him trend towards that, you know, mid-50s, you know, borderline 60% snap share. That's really the Bingo. realm you have to float in yes, to, to be elite, but that's what we saw from him two years ago. He was almost 70%, which for him is probably right. too much. It's probably yep. unnecessary. I mean, it, and, and the thing is Detroit knows that now, right? They, His career has basically illuminated the issue for Detroit that they probably need a hammer, right? Like they need a guy – that can give him some breathing room, let him be the pass catcher, let him be dynamic in space and, and take some of that off of him. Because again, this many injuries sort of compounding on themselves going into year three, he's going to be an easy buy in year four. So I look, I'm with you. Good for you. Great trade. Kudos on absolutely, you know, selling a guy, just three dead (laughs) assets and a pick, you know, in 2024.
2: Exactly. Yes, that's exactly I mean, it was great. The, the 24 first was the highlight of it. And then some other things that, you know, I gave him like, you know, ten, uh, three dimes. And a, and a and a quarter for a dollar, right? Yes. I mean, that's what I got. Was, yeah. He was doing math quick. He's like, that 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 should be enough. That's good. Wow, wow! Yeah.
4: High pressure sales. I don't know what it is you do, but however you pulled that off is amazing. Because if you would have sent me that trade, I would have told you to go fuck yourself in the kindest <laughs> way possible.
2: Totally, and that's what I expect. I expect yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's no, why I would I'm have expected 0, a, you know? Yeah, I mean, you so. can only you can only get a yes if you ask. I mean, Look, just like I, uh, when you're getting married. I
4: I <laughs> can I tell you, I I do hope as we probably close out here eventually, I I do hope that I continue my undefeated run all the way to the end and win this league. Like if if you were a betting man, what are my odds? Do I have too many injuries?
2: I don't even know who's on your team, but I'd say the odds are very low because I'm in the playoffs and I'm coming for your ass.
4: Well, I started AJ Green a few weeks ago. So,
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it was a good play. He's, he he was getting some looks this last week, man.
4: Yeah. So, well, we'll see what happens, man. I'm excited. I hope I do win the league. I need some extra bragging rights. It's been sort of a you know middling year for me in the fantasy football world. So,
2: I went I went undefeated and won a title last year for the first time I've ever done wow. that. So, yeah, it wow. was uh, it, it happened in a league, so it can happen to you. Um, I'm I'm pulling for you if I get knocked out. How's that? Yeah, I hope so. Well, I, I'm gonna get a buy in the first
4: round, yes. I think. Yes, so. yes, yes, yes. That's almost that's-
2: assured. I mean, it's like yeah, that's a ninety-nine percent. You're gonna get a buy, and then you know, you're gonna face like probably me, because I'm probably gonna win, of course. And I'm very likely, you know, yeah, it's gonna be me and you in the in this in the semis.
4: I don't plan on losing any games, just to be no. very clear. Like yeah. from <laughs> no. today till, you know, the end of the season. So I, I'm excited. I'll look forward to it. Uh Love, uh, love having you know having conversations with you. Unfortunately, I thought I should have been the first guest you had. When I saw Scott on the way out, thought it was kind of thought it was a little fucked up that I wasn't the first guest. But here we are, nonetheless.
2: The great Nate List, thank you so much for coming by. You know, man, I, I was trying to get some takes off, and these guys keep uh, ba- you know coming through the door. I mean, geez, Louise, give me a moment to have something to say. Like, hey, what about Keontae Ingram? I mean. My goodness, in Arizona, you get uh, you get uh, James Conner just basically uh, kicked, you know, Benjamin out the out the club. And here's the thing, you know, James Conner's still an injury prone running back who's getting a huge uh, share uh, of the backfield touches. I am looking for his backup. It just so happens. I think it's Keontae Ingram. And uh, the C's sort of parting for Keontae Ingram, you know, whether it's Keontae Ingram, you know, Grant Calcaterra, uh, there's a bunch of guys here who are getting kind of elevated. Isaiah Pacheco, right? Rashad White. This is a very interesting little rookie class where all of a sudden some of the things are happening. Christian Watson. We're going to start to see which ones of these guys are the real deal. Uh, I will say, I think Pacheco Boy, oh boy, he he killed CEHA. I mean, he's really playing himself into that early down work, and it looks like they really trust McKinnon in the past game. Um, so I I am a, I am a buyer on all these guys. And Calcaterra was a guy that, you know, me and Blake Hampton had unearthed early in the in the offseason. And, you know, he was obviously uh deeply uh stashed because of of Dallas Goddard. Well, now it looks like Goddard's out for several weeks, so we're probably gonna see some uh, Grant Calcaterra be the pass-catching back. I know that some person named Jack Stahl or something I mentioned with with Nate, it's like that, you know, he's somebody, but I think he's just the blocking back. I, I mean, the blocking tight end, I don't think he offers very much of a, you know, of a downfield presence and a, and a pass-catching presence. So, look, if Calcaterra is anything at all, he might get a little bit of a run here. It's not a high-volume pass offense, and, you know, I would certainly imagine they're going to look for other targets but schematically it does pay to have a tight end that can you know uh play in the play in the pass and run game create some play action looks some seam rips and stuff like that so we'll see if 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 grant can move into that role in any way shape or form i mean if he can even get 40 or 50 percent snap share and find his way into three to five targets uh that would be meaningful at the tight end position um especially in a and a high-powered offense that could see some of those targets in and around the end zone and then inside the red zone. So, uh, you know, keep your eye out for some – Oh, oh, hey. What's up? What's up, Felix? How
0: you doing? What's what's going on? You know, like I feel like I can just come over the house, go, you know, grab a beer out the fridge, that sort of thing. You know, since we – you know, I don't know, I know how many times we've potted together, but that's how I feel. Uh, I feel welcome. Well, I here. hope
2: you took care of Liz on the way out. He was saying I was fantasy receipts. I assume that's why you're here to take care of me and no, you know, no,
0: protect my no. best interests here. No, no, I, well, I'm not licensed in California, so uh, <laughs> I might, I might have to pro-hock in there. Uh, in California, this is international
2: stuff. This is Twitter. I mean, this is yeah. you know, this goes this this. I think this is your jurisdiction.
0: I got you. I got you.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we need, to, we need to take care of this list fella. First of all, he's 10-0. and 0. By the way, speaking of number one in a league. No, you're about to say you're
0: number one in the born and raised league. Damn right, still despite, there. Bro. Despite scoring, what, 300 less points than me? Yeah, yeah, team management. What you needed yeah. to do was early on – Make a big time trade. For those who don't know, this is a campus to camp league. So there's a full dynasty roster and yeah. there's a, a corresponding college roster. I traded yeah. some away away some of my key college pieces to stack up my NFL team. And it is, I mean it is I don't even have Brees Hall. I don't have Brees Hall, Michael Thomas, somebody else. And it doesn't even matter. I'm still gonna I'm still gonna cash in this
2: league. So I mean <laughs> I, I want the, I want the chip so bad. I get invited to this campus, Canton, camp you know, thing. And by the way, I gave you a plug on the Scott Fish show. I don't know yeah, if you I heard, heard you. it. I was like, I did, I yeah.
0: did, I did hear it. I did hear it. I heard you and Scott talking about innovations and uh, all that sort of thing. And I I love the work that we're doing. It we're growing, and people are getting more interested in college football. This is what's crazy right now. So we, I mean, we love fantasy football. We love it. And if you're in campus, Canton camp leagues. From like two weeks ago when Maxon started, you could legitimately have somebody starting in a football game every day of the week until the next because Maxon is going on right now. So you can have these guys playing these Max games right now on Tuesday night, on Wednesday night, and then we got Thursday night football, and then on Friday night we got college games. You could legitimately have somebody starting every single night. And that's, you know, people are just kind of scared to take the jump. Well, check out campuscant.com. That's the parachute for you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you heard me say it. If Sleeper were to build it, people would play. They would. They would. It's a fact. They would. If it it's was an happen. option. It's gonna happen. It I happens. have
0: faith. I have faith. I have faith. Well, you happen. don't
2: need to have faith because I'm telling you. So when you hear me, you know it's happening. No, I'm I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm not that guy. But hmm. like, I am telling you, I think it will happen. Like, I, I, I yeah. would have faith in something like that because I mean, growth is only natural. And right now, we have a you know a provider and Sleeper that I think is looking for opportunities to grow you know we've been you know with the regressives the cbs sports espn yahoo you know yahoo was sleeper 25 years ago you right. know where they were like hey check it out we're new and different and we got this thing and you know right. they they innovated then but right. not anymore they've been sitting on those laurels and then mfl and fan tracks and all these others they, they put their toe in the water yeah. but then they quit too sleeper is fully invested in in I mean, it money. better be. It's
0: like what 120 million in uh into yeah. uh sleeper with uh Andreessen Horowitz, uh, there in uh in Silicon Valley. That's Silicon yeah. Valley money, uh, right there. Uh, for those who don't know, um, I keep wondering, yep. I mean, that's a longer conversation because I'm wondering, you know, sleeper's gonna have to pay that money back at some point. <laughs> I mean, they got this, they're gonna have to make some money at some point, but they're, they're gonna over have to t- make some money. But they got over 3 million users. I mean, you know, yes. how much money, you know, if everybody does a $5 bet, you know, they're, they're going to get their money back really quick. So, yeah, uh, but it is. A, the business of fantasy football is really, really interesting that that's there's a lot of money because we've looked into, like, what would it take to um, to to build a, a, a fantasy platform? Well, I mean, if you got an extra 120 Laying around, you know, let me know. Hit me up. I gave my phone number on the last time I was on with you. Hit me up. Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh. I was like, oh, this man's ballsy because people will call your ass and be like and then just click and hang up, be like, oh shit. I just called Felix Sharp. Oh my god. You know, I don't know, people are crazy. So but um but no no, it's true. You do need to be fully invested. We've (laughs) looked into it as well. I mean, you know, be just because it's like, well, what does it take? What does it take? And it takes a lot. And and really to make money, if you're gonna try and be underdog or FanDuel or one of these guys, DraftKings, right? You have to pay big dollars to get all the permitting in each state just to collect a rake because that is the big number. And so, therefore, you need to be fully, fully funded. And and so the the old term, it takes money to make money. This one has never been more true.
0: And it's, I mean, it even takes to build a, I mean, you know, people had college classes where they did some website building to design (laughs) things. Even to do that on a small scale, it takes a lot of time. But to put something together like what Sleeper looks like or what even MFL or fan tracks, what they look like, that's it's a lot of hours. And you've got to be really, really smart to do stuff like that. Sleeper is really stepping it up, though. I'd like their, uh, their platform and how easy it is to use. And, um, you know, hopefully in the league that we're in here on Sleeper, I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to be taking you over for that number one spot here soon.
2: Yeah, you might, you might, you might, you might. Look, it is what it is. I mean, a, f- fantasy football is one of those things, though, I will say. I, I remember when I was like years ago, Felix, when I was like, you know, just playing years ago and I'd introduce people to play just redraft. Um, you know, they'd be like, well, what do I do? How do I? I'm like, you do whatever it takes. Trade, free agent, waiver. You do whatever it takes to make the playoffs. Don't worry about nothing. Just make the playoffs. If you make the playoffs, you got a shot. You know, I said, so don't try and, you know, maneuver everything for like the, the playoffs week. Just get there and then figure it out. Like, you know, so it's the same type of thing. Like, you know, once you're in there, you got a shot. So your team is, quote unquote, better. I'm a higher seed at this particular point. But all that shit is just. A bunch of nonsense what's, until you really crazy get a to chance me, to win or lose the the chip. You know
0: what's crazy to me is like when you get later into the season and you start relying on different players. Like how many winning lineups are going to have you know Christian Watson in their lineup or Don, right. or Donta, or Danta Foreman? You know you weren't yes. starting these guys earlier in the season. It's really interesting to see uh, how your team evolves as the season goes on. And you, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson Jeff now Wilson. At, my, at Miami, I mean, you know, you start to get these guys and you had them on your bench and now they're popping. It's like, oh, yes. I lost Bre- Hall, Brees Hall, but I can just sub in uh, 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 a Jeff Wilson or a Dante. Foreman. Jeff Wilson is a league winner right yeah, now. Yeah, man, man, he's league. Like, oh, boy. my boy, my, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre. 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 Who was counting on Ramondre to be an RB1 this season? I, I got it. Ramondre, Ramondre uh, rostered everywhere. I was mocked and ridiculed for my position on Ramondre stevenson that boy is in there eating he's ter- he's made bill belichick deploy him as a bell cow how good is yes. that how good do you yes. have to be for that team that always uses a committee they're like no nah, we're just gonna run remandre out there on passing downs on first downs on running downs yeah, man. and they would have known our podcast we brought out uh Ramondre stevenson And Elijah Mitchell. Like in January. And Elijah Mitchell.
2: February. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're
0: going to do that. We're going to do that again.
2: We're going to do it again. Early, early we did that. Yes, that's exactly right. (laughs) Well, listen, I hope you tell Scott Connor and Nate Liss what's up. And, uh, you know, I I can't believe all y'all stopped by. And uh, I appreciate it, man. So that was Felix Sharp. I mean, it's always good to have an attorney on Retainer. I mean, I think there was a little bit of a story about him not being, uh, you know, uh, you know able to practice out here in California you know I'll take this case wherever I need to bring it against Nate Liss uh, you know his attacks are relentless but uh, speaking of relentless uh, we saw Justin Jefferson play one of the the greatest games and the greatest catches I've ever seen in my life I'm sure you all saw it I mean it was unbelievable but by, by the way I was uh I was hoping Thor Nystrom would stop by today so he could, you know, dunk on everybody for his Vikings, but uh, it'll be another day. Maybe we'll have a playoff Thor Nystrom visit. Uh, Absolutely, you know, all these riffraff coming in and out and can't get one Thor Nystrom. Unbelievable. Absolute disappointment. I mean, I hope Thor is out there in the green room waiting to come in because, boy, oh, boy, he'd be a great guy to hear him wax poetic about the Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, chain wearing, just going into Buffalo, kicking ass. Vikings, right? I think that's their new name. My goodness, that Justin Jefferson catch was something to behold. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in a real game. Fourth and whatever, 19 or some shit like that. Cousins just throws it up. There was another pass that I absolutely loved that it was uh, an outbreaking route that Justin Jefferson ran. If you saw it, it I think he caught it like on the four-yard line, heading out of bounds. It was like a a deep out. and The ball was thrown into coverage, like – the cornerback is on Jefferson's hip and they're just, it's just thrown to the sideline and Jefferson just plays it so nicely. He doesn't, you know, tip the hand that the ball is coming. It, it comes in just behind the defender's helmet. I mean, just a ballsy throw and a, and a trust throw, but um, it, you know, Hey, that's what you do. You know, you just have to throw it towards Justin Jefferson. Sometimes that's how good he is. I mean, this is when, you know, you have a special player, you know, some of these guys are good. You know, it's like, Dude, they're good players. And some of these guys are special. And that's a special player in Justin Jefferson. It's almost like when you're when you're playing Madden, you press the button towards him, and you're like, I don't know, he'll fucking catch it. That's how it must feel, throwing to him in real life. Unbelievable. So, yeah, Justin Jefferson, clear wide receiver one in Dynasty now. I think he vaults ahead of uh, Jamar Chase just because he's, I mean, he is unguardable. It's just unbelievable. I, I love watching him play. It was such a cool game you know, it was funny. I got to put this on wax because it was true when they, when Buffalo had the ball on the one inch yard line, the one inch line, whatever. I remember thinking what play I would call. And it was like, there was this moment. I'm like, yeah, sneak. That's one. I thought safety, but no, you can't really run safety here. And I thought, what about you know, line up like you're gonna go play. Act- I mean, excuse me. Line up like you're gonna hand the ball off and snap it, and let let uh, Josh Allen play action naked boot. Right. So if he nakeds and he's got room to run, he can run, get down, kill the clock. If there's nothing there, he can actually throw it away. He can just throw it away and be like, "All right, dude, let's try this again." But I thought there's no possible way they're thinking they're gonna naked boot. And I know it's like, well you know what's the risk there but i thought there was a tremendous amount of risk taking that snap in there because it's one thing to not gain any yardage on a sneak in from the from the three even but not gaining any yardage from the 1 inch means a safety and so there's a ton of pressure that, that you know it's just i don't know man you know it's a tough snap to get because at that point you really need to move forward it's a very risky play to put your quarterback trying to lean forward on that spot I don't know man I I kind of felt like something was coming I remember thinking like I wonder if that's a play that you could actually get away with a little bit cleaner snap easier to get the ball the ball handling of Josh Allen the decision making you know and, and and even a safety is not the worst thing the worst thing is what did happen which was the the fumbled touchdown so like the only thing you couldn't have happened was what have what had happened so unbelievable uh, wait someone's here What's up, Larky? How you doing, kid?
1: How's it going? I'm just (laughs) dropping by on on this this Wednesday night. Is that all right?
2: Oh my God, it's crazy. I mean, this never happens, but like, did you see Nate Liss? Nate Liss was here.
1: Oh, was he really? I think I must have just missed him.
2: No shit. I mean, I I know you saw Felix on the way out, but my gosh, yeah. Dude, Liss was here.
1: It was a party. I should have shown up earlier.
2: I know, I know. I will call them all back. We'll have a big party later, okay?
1: I'll allow that, yeah.
2: We'll just do eggs. Eggs at the party. No salad.
1: There we go. Yeah, we'll just that's that's a real man's party. just here. Here's your here's your scrambled eggs, and your 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 scrambled eggs and your your cheap beer. Here you go. This is what we're doing. Yes, tonight. A,
2: a scrambled eggs party for just for dudes and like salt and pepper. That's it. No fucking nothing. Yeah, just that's it. And just big bowl of bowl of eggs. That was
1: my wrestling meal back in high school yes. when I wrestled. I'd I'd cut weight. And when I was done with my hour session, I dropped my seven pounds and my mom would cook me three scrambled eggs with salt and pepper. There you go. And that's what I would eat to recover from an hour of cardio and not eat again until like noon the next day.
2: Yes. That well, that's smart. You, uh, you did, you are a notable egg eater. As I've heard, it, there's rumors about your prolific ability to eat eggs.
1: Yeah. I thought you were going to go with, uh, there's rumors out there of your prolific wrestling ability. And I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. I was not very good. So. I'm glad we I'm glad we yeah. are not lying to the people. Oh yes, yes I, I do eat, eat eggs, eggs, but
2: I'm very bad at wrestling. Yeah, that's right. That's a bumper sticker you should <laughs> you should put on the car.
1: I'll tell that to ladies. I'm a yes, prolific
2: I'm,
1: a, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a prolific wrestler, but I used to be a prolific and still am a prolific yes, egg eater.
2: Prolific so. egg eater, bad wrestler. Anyway, you want to go out? Yeah, that ought to work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I haven't used that line yet, but I assume uh, low success rate.
2: You know what? You never know. I mean, it's these pattern interrupt lines like that could work, just like your microphone in the uh, bag that got your uh, got your uh, you know your love life started, eh?
1: Yeah, that was a. Uh, I don't think the the world knows how that story ended, but let's just say it it crashed and burned. <laughs> <laughs> the pinnacle of it was the post. <laughs>
2: That's okay, man. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Shoot or shoot, baby. I love it. That's the, hey, no one, no one, no one wants to know the sad's tale. They just want to know you went for it. That's all that matters. There we go. Yeah. That's what matters in my book. So nicely done. So, you know, I don't, what the hell did you stop by here for? Were you coming to, you know, what's this all about? I mean, you must've had a pressing need. What's going on, brother?
1: I was looking at my dynasty teams. Yeah. And I was, I was trying to make some trades Yeah. and started to I've realize been. that the running back landscape is a wasteland. I know some people are starting to chirp about that a little bit, but I think it really hits home when you actually go to start crafting trades and you either want to get rid of a running back, you want to acquire a running back. And I've got keep trade cut pulled up just so we can reference some of these absolutely ridiculous dynasty rankings according to the consensus. But yes, I think you could argue for, you could probably make a case for about 10 running backs as the RB1 in dynasty. And I could at least hear it. Whereas with receiver, yes. it's like, oh, it's Justin Jefferson, it's Jamar Chase, and then a massive teardrop. with running back. You you could you could probably convince me that Austin Eckler is the RB one in dynasty. Yeah, I could hear that argument. You could convince yep. me Travis Etienne is Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Jonathan Taylor. There's so many guys out there where I'm at least willing to hear your case. And I th- I think we should discuss that a little bit and how he kind of got to that position.
2: Yeah, I I, I um. Well, we got there with what has the zero RB zealots, uh, what they've been sort of clamoring about for a long period of time in that these running backs are, you know, somewhat fragile and, you know, to steal a dynasty nerd's uh, term, the uh, hashtag two to three year window, right? So all these things have been known by the dynasty community and the fantasy football community at large. But a lot of times, we still see some year-to-year, um, year, some some of that holds. This year, it got completely screwed up. And if you go to keep trade cut right now, you know, Jonathan Taylor is a sinking ship. I mean, you know, I don't know that his value is that much. I do say this, though, that during the season, uh, dynasty uh, rankings or dynasty values are extremely volatile because during the season – their long-term, you know, uh, value is less important than their week eleven value. You know what I mean? So we tend to we tend to be very reactionary during the the the, the league year, which is why um, rebuilding teams need to be so active during the year to take advantage of the of the of the crazy marketplace on a player like JT or any player, right? You know, as soon as something. Uh, goes down in value for a reason that's probably not realistically like like why exactly did Jonathan Taylor lose value right it's like well because he wasn't scoring a lot of fantasy points and scoring touchdowns on a team right you know I mean it's not like Jonathan Taylor now sucks and isn't going to be good he's getting old he's hurt and dead no it's just something that is very temporary in this uh, space and time that makes his value drop so I think that's what we're seeing is a lot of this volatility that zero RB zero RBers have been uh, shouting about And here we are just sort of trying to figure it out because toward the end of the season, you still want to win your chip.
1: Yeah. One thing I've been trying to workshop, I'll I'll see what you think about this. So there's the two to three year window. I almost feel like if you're rebuilding, you can even just look at how you think players are going to do this season, where the discrepancy is, and make sure that you acquire those players prior to the start of the season. And then flip them during the season because, right. like you said, there's so much of a the value fluctuations week to week with running back. And that if you go, hey, I I think this running back's in for a really good deal. Like if you really liked Austin Eckler, or you really like Nick Chubb, is that really the worst player to now that we're obviously we're looking back now? But those right. have been great players to have on a rebuilding team where you bank a little value and people go, oh god, I I, I sure want that player on my team. Yeah, and their value's gone up, if not maintained. And that's almost what you need at the running back position. And that if you're rebuilding, obviously you want young talent. But I think the other way to go is say, all right, let me pick out a few veterans that I think are a touch undervalued. Yes. And obviously the wheels can fall off with an injury, but it's not like their value is going to be that high at the start of the season as an older veteran. You can go, hey, this is like James Conner right now might be the perfect player if to you had him on a rebuilding right. team to sell right. after this right. week or next week. Yeah, it would have been and- the
2: acquire uh Leonard Fournette in the offseason, sell him early in the season, move on. You know, yep. because right, you know, Saquon Barkley, you know, had his dip and came back. Like Eckler's another one, Joe Mixon, um, you know, obviously you'd sell Mixon right after the fucking five touchdown game. You know, it's like so all these players tend to now the, the, the downside, of course, is Javante Williams, Brees Hall, you know, losing the guy for the year is really brutal. Um, but you know, I mean that that, that that's the that's the fragility we're talking about, right?
1: Yeah, and I also almost feel like when you're rebuilding, do you even want to take on the massive risk of a Brees Hall or Javante Williams? Now that we've seen what the value can be, it's almost like, hey, yeah, you wanted the young player because you're rebuilding, but look what happened to a Brees Hall or Javante Williams. Whereas if you pick the wrong veteran, it's not going to be that bad. Right. And that it's almost like if you're rebuilding, grab some veteran running backs that you think might pop early in the season and rebuild through the young wide receivers. Or if it's super flex, rebuild through quarterbacks that you think are going to be starting three to five years from now.
2: And that, so that's almost
1: ask, where you should center that rebuild.
2: Yeah, I mean, let me ask you this question. If you're looking for value, I think there's two two things that we should be looking for when we're trying to you know make a value play at a running back, right? One is a player who is currently highly valued, I mean, it doesn't have to be at the very top of the value chart. It could be RB15. But a player that's highly valued that you think is going to really fall in value, whether it be over the next few weeks or over the next year, right? Or, and, and second question would be some players on the opposite side of that, players that you think are undervalued that will increase in value over the next few weeks to a year. Uh, what about the, uh, the, the players that you think are maybe traps that you should be getting off right now?
1: That's a, that's a good question. Thank I didn't you. really have, uh, an answer prepared for that. No, but me I mean, think for I, a second. let me, th- I, let
2: me, let me give you one example, right?
1: So yeah, like, give me an example while I'm uh, thinking about, I this.
2: feel like Nick Chubb is one of those guys that's a sell. I mean, honestly, right before this last week would have been the time because box score scouting, man, he looks great. And then you can tell the story about Deshaun Watson coming back. He's a league winner. I almost bought him just before the week. And it was very, I was very, very close. And then, of course, what's funny is I was like, oh, thank God I didn't buy him because, you know, he had a shitty week. It's so weird. Like, even I felt that. Like, I was so close to purchasing Nick Chubb in a a league. So, you know, it's like – but I'm a little hesitant. He's 26 years old. He's a run first player. He only plays like 55 to 60% of the snaps. Like – I don't know man, you know it's like what if he stops scoring touchdowns? He's then he's just a grinder. It's like I could do better with, you know, Jamal Williams, but maybe buying Jamal Williams instead of Nick Chubb. So, you know, th- this is where my brain starts to go as a as a value proposition. I don't doubt Nick Chubb's skill set, but as a value proposition right now, I think he's probably valued a little bit higher than I'd like.
1: So, I I'll actually counter that. I think you you should take one more week with Nick Chubb. Right. Just because Watson comes back week twelve, yeah, I think even if he has a bad week this next week, the value is going to pop. Yeah, the price. So I, I think of you want to keep him one more week. I agree. I think you just dangle it, where even if he gets uh, ten carries for fifty yards this next week, yeah, there's going to be someone out there that goes Deshaun Watson's coming back. Right. I think what you want to do is you don't want him when Deshaun Watson is back.
2: That's there. It is. That's what I'm talking about. Right. So his value is yeah. starting to peak. You know, and it's like, whoo he could really be, he could potentially be a sell. Because I don't think he can get much more valuable. They have met RB seven in Dynasty over Crazy, on Keep Drake Cut. That's
1: pretty steep. He's about to be 27, grinder back. Uh I think a a guy that I would be interested in selling, and this is painful. I'm a Chargers fan. I've even done a uh I've I've interviewed this guy before on podcast. Great guy, but I, I think I would sell Austin Eckler in Dynasty. And it's because this guy's 27 years old. And how is he getting it done in fantasy this year? He's getting it done through historic receiving volume. He's on pace to break McCaffrey's rookie, or not rookie, uh, running back receiving records. Right. You look and you go, well, Keenan Allen's not there. Mike Williams is not there. Keenan Allen is supposedly going to try to play this week. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But with Austin Eckler, the, the rushing game just has not been there. Right. He's had some goal line carries. He's had not some goal line carries. That's been a little bit wishy-washy. Where has his value come through him? It's because he's he's on pace to have a wide receiver one season at the running back position. And I think he's someone that's actually a pretty perfect sell now where he was probably a little undervalued heading into the season. And now at this point, he is the overall RB1 in 2022. This is not the profile of an overall RB1 running back. And it's because... Uh, there's nobody else there that's healthy. And Allen and Williams should both be back and at full strength within the next two weeks. I think this is the absolute perfect time. You can tell someone, hey, the Chiefs allow the most receiving yards to opposing backs this year, which is true. And bada-bing, bada-boom, you have a haul for Eckler that is much bigger than whatever he was worth at the start of this season.
2: Yeah, I I like that take. I think that's probably right. I I don't know if you heard this take. This was a Michael P. Duncan uh, sort of, you know, uh, half baked idea that I took the rest of the way. And it's a great take. Um, Austin Eckler right now is like a top tier, like unbelievable (laughs) asset, right? But if in fact he ages out, so to speak, he probably still has value as a like JD McKissick type of player like does he ever actually go away like you know I feel like he can play well into his young 30s I mean he's 27 I think right now just turned 27 it's like he can play a couple more years even after he's not like an alpha like he he certainly is still the alpha there like there's nobody like the, they're just hoping and praying for someone to take carries away from him I know he hasn't really gotten home uh, on the rushing side but the receiving so much more valuable anyway he he's also a little bit insulated to at least like flex Uh, you know, he's not going to be Todd Gurley unless, I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like he's not just going to disappear, you know, because he's going to have that passing game role even in a part-time player. So one of those guys that I'm always like, I feel like, you know, as he ages, he could be a value too. Like even right now he's RB nine in dynasty, but yet, as you point out, RB one in 2022. So still a little bit of a value discrepancy. What about the guy that keep trade cut has right ahead of him? Damian Pierce, Damian Pierce is a case study, isn't he? Because he's a great player with a limited college profile who is taken on day three, who plays for a shitty team, who's a mostly an early down grinder, although he's got, you know, I think he's getting like three-ish targets a game, maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, it's like, is he the next, like, you know, Arian Foster type of player, or is he just the next, you know, Philip Lindsay, Elijah Mitchell, you know, fill in the rest of the blank, James Robinson, all these guys that sort of get pushed to the side when a higher profile player uh joins the team. What do you think there with Damian Pierce? So
1: here here's my thought experiment that I do with these kind of players. Yeah. Let's just say that Damian Pierce has a season ending injury. Yeah. Is he Are we sure he's the starter next year when he comes back? No. <laughs> uh no. I don't know. Maybe yeah, no. probably. Maybe, Whereas like Brees Hall. Yeah, you'd be shocked if Brees Hall or Javante Williams comes back and is not the starter when he's healthy.
2: Yeah, you'd be no, shocked
1: if when J.K. Yeah. Dobbins comes back, he's not the starter. Whenever right. he comes back and he's actually fully healthy, Damian Pierce—I don't know—he's, I guess, I'd say probably. But if if they draft right. a running back in the third round next year who looks pretty good, and he has a high ankle sprain in week thirteen, are we absolutely certain that Pierce is the guy? That's right. why with these running backs. I like to do that thought experiment because we know that these injuries happen to the running backs and I just don't want to be holding the bag like Kenneth Walker. I don't love the, the lack of receiving in his profile. He did get it done in the receiving game this past week against Tampa Bay, yep. which is exciting, but the, the thought experiment, it holds up with him. If he suffers a season ending injury, do I think that when he's healthy next year, he is the guy in Seattle? Yes. And Pierce, it's just a little bit flimsier because of the draft capital because of the team situation. Yes. There's so much in flux. The quarterback's in flux. And that's why I just generally won't invest in this type of player. And why someone yeah. like Travis Etienne I loved in Dynasty is that even when the worst case scenario happened, that he literally doesn't play a single snap as a rookie, he's the RB4 and keep trade cut. Yes. He you gets would the, never he gets have that with Damian Pierce. Right.
2: Yes, that's right.
1: Damian Pierce would have to do everything to claw his way back into relevance right. if he were to actually miss serious extended time
2: exactly right. The draft capital matters. And it's why, you know, I heard uh, Dwayne McFarlane talking about Christian Watson, you know, as a, as a, as an ad uh, in redraft, you know, um, on the waiver wire this, this week. And he's like, put it all in the middle for this guy. And, and it's like, you know, people are saying he's overreacting to the three touchdowns. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm overreacting to the fact that he's playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback and he was the 34th pick of the draft. You know, if he were the if he were in a seventh round pick, I wouldn't be moving all in for him. But he goes, you know, you have to look at all the data points. And that is one of the data points, unfortunately, for Damian Pierce. It was the same song that I was singing about James Robinson before they drafted uh, Travis Etienne. All that offseason, I kept asking, Who would you think is gonna lead the Jacksonville Jaguars in carries in week one? Uh, of the of that upcoming season James Robinson or the field everybody else on the planet and it was like everybody was like James Robinson obviously now he got there by default because he hurt his foot but they mm-hmm. drafted a running back in round one it was not clearly you know James Robinson and it's the same thing now with Damian Pierce now I do think Damian Pierce first of all has more draft capital than James Robinson and I think he's probably he's a better football player like this dude is legit so uh he's a better player and he's also more highly valued right now than James Robinson was in Dynasty at that time James Robinson uh was sort of you know in the mid-teens at that time of course there was a lot more certainty at the top of the running back charts which is what's also allowed Damian Pierce to sneak in but point still taken you know Damian Pierce right now RB8 on keep trade cut and that is a price that I would be more than happy to
1: sell at. Wouldn't you want DeAndre Swift at RB10 yes. over Damian Pierce at RB8?
2: Yes. Yeah. I,
1: Swift was awesome. And then he had a random injury and people are like, oh, look, he's always injured. He's always banged up. Well, look at Mixon the last two years. Yeah. These guys that have good draft capital and all-purpose skill sets, they're usually going to hit.
2: Yes. They And they're they able to keep their,
1: their, their value. Even when Mixon was getting injured, his value stayed. Swift. Hasn't done anything this year outside of the first couple of weeks. He's still RB ten. Right. If Pierce had a bad month and a half, whoa, oh, this guy would plummet.
2: Yes, yeah, his value so, would crater. That's exactly I'll, right.
1: I'll give you one other guy that I, I really like for dynasty. Sure, I think you could you could have on pretty much any roster, rebuilding, contending. Travis Etienne. We, we've we've talked yeah. about him a little bit. So what I, I think is just the great situation with him is that. We haven't even seen him fully utilized as a pass catcher for most of these weeks. We know it's there. We know it can happen. This Jacksonville offense is going to be much better next year. It already took the leap forward this year. There's going to be more touchdown upside next year. His job is completely insulated. There there is no way Travis Etienne is not the starting running back next year. Even if he has a high ankle sprain and misses the rest of this season, he will show up in training camp. He is the guy. They have Calvin Ridley there now. This is going to be a good offense next yes. season. Yes. So if he's already getting it done this year with limited receiving, I, I talked about this with Rashad White. I was like, hey, you need to pick up Rashad White on waivers right now yes. and redraft because he just had 22 carries for 105 yards. And what did we know Rashad White could do? Catch passes. Yeah. I don't give a shit that he didn't have a single target last week. I love that he didn't have a single target and he had 22 carries, yeah. for 105 yards, because it lets me know that the one part of his game I wasn't As sure of is there. With ETN, what was the one thing we weren't sure of? Could this guy get 20 carries in a game and hold up? Sure enough. The answer so far has been yes. We know that receiving is there. It's going to happen at some point. And that that's the kind of running back that I would be more interested in investing in in Dynasty. Is that this guy's at RB4? And I think he has a or RB five. I think he has a better case to be the Dynasty R B one than the current Dynasty R B one and Kenneth Walker for being yeah, Ken- completely Kenneth honest. Walker
2: looking really, really, really shiny though, right now. I mean, it, it, it is. Yeah. And, and I have no problem with Kenneth Walker being there because, you know, at the end of the day, you're looking for, you know, the, these backs, like if you were saying, who do you think is going to lead the the league and in, in, in fantasy points from now through the end of the year, rest of season, RB one, who are you putting your chip on? If, if, a young player under 24 is even in that conversation, then he has to be considered. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, yeah, maybe Kenneth Walker. Well, fucking a, then what else do you want? You know, you got this year. He's, he's tied to opportunity next year. He looks like he can't be every time. Ta- he can't ever be tackled. Like the guy just can't be tackled. So that's a very, very nice skill set. He looked really good catching the football. Look, I've said this a million times. People will tell you all the time, uh, player X prospect X can catch the ball even though he wasn't asked to do so in college. And I hear that all the time. And you know what I say? I assume he can. I don't think he has ping pong paddles for hands. That's not what I'm saying. The whole point of us prospecting guys and saying that they probably won't catch footballs at the next level is because of specialization. It's the Nick Chubb effect. Do they ask Nick Chubb to catch footballs? No. Doesn't mean he can't. He might be fucking great. We, we, I have no opinion on whether nick chubb is a slick receiver or not I, I don't even care what i do care is is he asked to do that at the nfl level that's what i care about because if he's asked to do it yeah he probably fucking catch it i don't know like how many backs are so bad at catching the football from fucking 10 yards away that they just swat at it like a fucking you know like a like an intruder probably none of them they all probably are pretty good you know so it's just whether or not they're in the game on third down and whatever, and known passing downs in two minutes and all the rest of it. And Nick Chubb is not. And that's the difference. Was Kenneth Walker going to be or not? Looks like he is. And if he is, let's ride it.
1: So I, my stance on Kenneth Walker was that he's a fine receiver. Everyone was always like what you hate him as a receiver. And I was like, I actually think he's fine at catching passes. He graded out awfully as a pass blocker in college. Mm. That was my concern. So him just playing third downs was actually almost more important to me than whether or not he could catch passes because I kind of figured, like you said, all these guys catch passes, and these running backs aren't really asked to run actual routes. They're just supposed to show up, and the dump-off goes to them. So seeing him get the third down snaps has been very, very encouraging because the part of his profile for me is everyone's like, oh, look at the highlights. Like He can catch, and I was like, I believe he can catch. The issue is that this guy can't pass protect. And Pete Carroll seems like the kind of coach that would value that pretty highly because in the past he's valued that pretty highly. Now I don't know if he's gotten. I haven't looked at his past block grades on PFF to see if he's actually gotten better. But I do think him just being out on third down, whether it's that he's a liability in pass protection they do it anyway, or he's gotten better. I think them just trusting him to do that is very very encouraging. So. Well, I think I'd still lean Etienne over Walker. I think just this RB1 spot's pretty malleable, and yeah. I don't have any qualms about Walker. I'm not like, this is ridiculous to have him RB1 overall.
2: And I still think you can make a very fine case for Jonathan Taylor there. Um, you know, Brees Hall, probably not, because he's going to score you exactly zero fantasy points for the rest of this year. So yeah. why would you, Why would I mean, if you're drafting right now. Now, if we, if we say to ourselves... What is this going to look like as soon as the 22 season is over? As soon as our fantasy Super Bowls are played, then reset the list. That's a different question. And that's really why I think looking at this stuff, it's so fluid right now. Because like you say, if if Kenneth Walker doesn't get hurt, but just gets like a – He's just out for the next four games and he's not the running back one right now. You know what I mean? Like, and that seems very flimsy. That's just a little simple injury. Like, really? We're going to not think he's the RB1 because of a hamstring injury for four weeks or something, two, three weeks, right? So, yeah, it's that important right now because we're in the playoff stretch of fantasy football land. So, you know, if you're playing for next year, Brees Hall sounds like a fine player. Javante Williams, these are fine assets. I'll take them on. If I'm competing... Mm -hmm. Why the fuck do I want those players? So the the, the question of team bit makeup right now is so important to the value that these players hold um, that, that I think that that's too much of the calculus right now. But if we're just talking about, you know, going into next year, who's going to be the RB1? You, you know, it's still probably Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Right?
1: Yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor is probably the safest just because at this point we have the two and a half year track record. Yeah. And especially after this past week doomsday yes. happens there's bad quarterback play the offensive lines and shambles He's Taylor's hurt. ankle yeah and what do you do i think it was like 22 carries 140 something yes. yards
2: yeah he played against, on all but like four downs he was in against everywhere. the
1: raiders really- who are if i remember correctly they're actually kind of in middle of the road pa- uh run defense yeah. their their pass defense is awful potentially the the league's worst yeah. run defense is actually fine yeah. and taylor just eviscerated them
2: yep He's really good. And and Saquon, of course, we lose the two years basically due to injury, which is really sad because he was, you know, he's a generational prospect and he he looks really good. And finally Dayball there and a little bit of stability. Hey, by the way, uh, this was something I was thinking about. How about fucking Brian Dayball? Like, you know, Blake Martinez, uh, Galladay, K- Kadarius, Tony, like this motherfucker's not afraid. I, I don't I'm not saying all those guys are gone because of culture. And Galladay's not gone yet, but you know, it's just Galladay would be gone if he wasn't, if there was, there's 71 million reasons Galladay's still hanging around for a minute, but you know, he's just not, not, he's willing to just be like, yeah, you guys don't play. Like Tony clearly is a good player. By the way, I wanted to get this takeoff. Boy, oh boy. Did Tony look good in Kansas city? My goodness. He looks so good. And so when the day ball, I think is a culture guy, man, I think he's building it right over there. So, you know, they're winning and that, that, that proof is in the pudding, the results, right?
1: Yeah, I, I tweeted something the other day. A couple of days ago, it was basically the the Giants are 7-2. and two, The Jaguars are 3-7. and seven, And their point differentials are within three of each other. I think it was plus 14 for the Giants, plus 11 for the Jaguars.
2: I saw just that. I kind of tweet.
1: put it out there on Twitter. Just want yep. to see what people think. But to me, what does that say? The Giants are probably overperforming. Jaguars are yes. probably underperforming. What does that mostly say? Even more than that behind the scenes is that Day bull is a, just a god.
2: Yes.
0: That
1: usually when it, when you see something like that it's like oh yeah this is a veteran coach it's a mike tomlin it's a bill belichick yep. it's this coach that's been doing it for years and years with this system with this team and they know at this point it's formulaic how to grind out the close games this is his first year we don't even know if daniel jones is the franchise quarterback he's doing it with a roster that going into the season i think literally everyone had a had as a just overall bottom five from a talent perspective yep the I'm pretty excited to see what they do this off season, honestly, because totally. at this point too. I trust yeah. their moves and I, yeah, like Tony's looked great in Kansas city, but I trust that for what they were trying to do in the culture, they were trying to instill. This was not the right player. That's did right. They did, Do I think they sold a little low? Yes. But I think at this point it's kind of nitpicking in that this is an organization that's coming in and say, or a regime that's saying, Hey, this is the culture we're going to establish. And I think their goal is to be uh, an absolute juggernaut next year and the year after.
2: Yeah, and the, the the quarterback decision they make with Daniel Jones will be interesting. It's like you know, I, I thought that if they were if they just were good, like you know, won eight or nine games somehow, but didn't make the playoffs, that they would mm-hmm. that Daniel Jones was done almost no matter what. You know, like he had to play so so good to retain mm-hmm. his job. I don't know that he's done that, but if they make the playoffs, like it's going to be really hard to replace him. But I still think that what I guess I'm getting is I think that they have the integrity to do so right in other words i think that they are not dayball has proven it it's kind of what i'm getting at i think that he's just going to do whatever he thinks is right regardless of perceived talent or draft capital or whatever the fuck you know whatever Kadarius tony was right because he was he's clearly talented and has draft capital daniel jones is gonna you know do that thing where i brought him to the playoffs and i have draft capital but if he feels like there's a better way to go i think he'll take it
1: so, I'm actually going to do a quick 30 13 plug. All our content's free. doesn't have to take away from anything at the Undroppables. I do a weekly show with former head coach and offensive coordinator Marty Morningwig. Uh, you, a lot of people know him because most recently he was the offensive coordinator that facilitated the Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson transition in 2018. The guy knows quarterbacks. He played quarterback for many, many years himself. And he and I actually talked about the Daniel Jones thing this past week. And his stance was essentially kind of what you were alluding to at the playoffs. If the Giants make the playoffs with Daniel Jones, it's going to be next to impossible to convince the fan base in the front office that they shouldn't at least give him another year because this roster overall is going to be so much better than this past season. Yes. And I think it's going to just say like, oh, this is a quarterback that we're going to be able to retain for a pretty inexpensive annual rate. You could probably get him for two years, 40 million, right? 20 million a year for a a quarterback that's absolutely fine and knows the system and has already shown that he's a proven winner. And yes, that his stats don't pop off the page, but he's not making a lot of mistakes. He's kind of like a Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is a great quarterback. If you're giving him 20 million a year, every single year and you can build the rest of the roster around him. Yes. He doesn't look as good when suddenly you're like, Oh, we have to start paying him 35 million. Now what's going on here? But I think Daniel Jones, you can get him for around 20. And I think if they're making the playoffs, it's going to be really, really difficult not to say, Hey, let's just build a juggernaut around this guy. And it's inexpensive enough that if for some reason it implodes, you still have enough flexibility where yeah. if, if he implodes next year, it's like, well, 2024, we'll get a good draft pick. And that's our quarterback. So I think there's just a lot of outlets where if, if he's really making the playoffs or even makes a run in the playoffs, I don't think you could say no to this guy.
2: It's really tough to do. Even if that's the, that's the truth serum I'd love to hear with uh day would be like, Regardless of what happens, do you want Daniel Jones back next year? Just gotta answer honest. I'd love to hear it. You know, we mm-hmm. won't get to hear that, but their actions will speak louder than words. And uh, speaking of actions, I know you got to get going. So, hey, man, thanks for stopping by. I can't believe you just swung in like this. It was very, very impromptu, and I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, you, your your podcast door is right next door to mine. Figured I'd pop in. So I know, well, I know, we'll do so this weird. Again.
2: Yeah, we the the rent here is so cheap, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. I love it.
2: <laughs> I love it here, too. Thanks for being my neighbor, and thanks for coming on. I mean, I you know, here I thought I was going to do a solo show. You know, I had so much stuff prepared, so much content, really. So sorry that these guys came in and ruined it. No, you guys know it was set up that way. Come on now. What a show. I mean, just to remind you who we had, we had Scott Connor come on to start it off. You can find him uh, on Twitter, at Charles Chill FFB. Followed by the great Nate Liss, undefeated in the Dynasty Game Theory Invitational. You can find him on Twitter, at an outraged Jew. Felix Sharp, my attorney, is coming after him. You can find Felix, at Sharp Review, on Twitter. And then lastly, Josh Larkey, blowing up the joint here in the fantasy uh, community. Just absolutely killing it. Um, Josh was kind enough to come on my show when he was just getting his start and I think he will be kind enough to come on my show for the rest of uh, rest of our times because uh, we get along really well and I really respect Josh. And I know he's been a friend of the Andropols for a long period of time. So finally you can find Josh on Twitter at J Larky tweets. Of course he does. And with that being said, have a great week 11 on behalf of everybody here. At the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of the greatest podcast producer that the world has ever known, Mr. Michael P. Duncan. You've been joined by Scott Connor, Nate Liss, Felix Sharp, and Josh Larky. And I am Jax Falcone.